Hello and welcome to another podcast by BNP Paribas Wealth Management. I'm Charlotte de Capoisson. Today, Edmund Sheng, Global Chief Investment Officer of BNP Paribas Wealth Management, unveils his investment strategy for June 2023. Hello, Edmund. Hello, Charlotte. Should US, EU and UK central banks raise interest rates further? Right now, we are getting clearly towards the end of these current rate hiking cycles by various central banks in the US, in the Eurozone and of course also in the UK. However, inflation rates remain uncomfortably high in all three regions for the moment. So of course the question is, should central banks stop raising rates at a time when inflation has not returned to their supposed target of around 2%? Well, in my view, I think they should stop. Why? Because even though inflation is high today, it is coming down. Why? Because the economy is also slowing down, which is what central banks wanted. And I think there is clearly a risk that central banks could go too far by concentrating too much on what has happened and not looking at what is about to happen in the future. So yes, I think firstly that central banks will be tempted to raise rates further and it is very likely that the ECB in Europe will raise rates at least one more time to three and a half percent we think as a maximum. The UK as well because inflation is proving difficult to bring down in the UK. The Bank of England will likely also raise rates but we do think that the Federal Reserve in the US does not need to raise rates further and has already reached a point where they can at least pause for some time to see what the effects of the existing rate hikes are going to be in terms of slowing both economic growth and inflation. Could we see surprisingly large falls in inflation over the summer months, do you think? Inflation rates are coming down everywhere, led of course by energy inflation. Goods inflation as well is coming down quite sharply. There are two sticky parts of inflation in the developed world. One is food inflation. But even food inflation, even though it's very high today, we think will come down sharply over the next few months. Raw food prices have already fallen sharply. And so we think that food prices in the shops will eventually follow and that should happen pretty soon. The final element of inflation to look at then is wage growth and its impact on services inflation. This does remain uncomfortably high in all European regions in the US for the moment, but again, we see signs of slowing wage inflation in these areas. So job creation is slowing down, wage growth should also slow down, and we are seeing signs that services inflation is already calming down. So overall, when I look at all of these aspects and then add in the housing aspect, which is already slowing down quickly, this suggests to me that inflation rates in Eurozone, UK and US will all fall perhaps more than people think over the next six months. So that could be the surprise that people are not expecting at the moment. Is global economic growth also slowing rapidly, in your opinion? Economic growth clearly is slowing. That's exactly what central banks have been trying to achieve by raising interest rates. They are achieving it. Principally, this is being achieved by financing rates going up. So the cost of borrowing money clearly has gone up a lot in all regions. And that, of course, has then slowed down demand for credit, either to buy a house or borrowing by companies. They just don't want to borrow as much. That then inevitably leads to slowing of the economy. However, what we should note is that so far this year up to now, economic growth has resisted a lot better than we would have thought in the US, Europe, and even in the UK. 
And we also have a Chinese rebound in play as well. So while we do expect it to slow, actually it's not slowing as much as most people would have thought. So most economists had expected recession, particularly in the US, by about now. It's clearly not happening, at least yet. So at the very least, we can say that the onset of recession, particularly in the US, has been delayed by a number of months. Edmund, why do you keep a positive view on stocks then? We continue to like stocks where we have a positive view, particularly on the world ex-US regions, for the following reasons. Economic growth has been more resilient than expected. This has led to better earnings growth and better earnings progression than expected, particularly in Europe and in the US over the last couple of quarters. In turn, if you look at world ex-US, so namely Europe, UK, emerging markets, and in particular Japan, all of these regions are still pretty lowly valued compared to long-term history. It's only the US where stocks are somewhat expensive. And even in the US, it's only the biggest stocks that are somewhat expensive. Most stocks in most regions are still relatively cheap. So you have a combination of these factors. And on top of that, you do have relatively good paybacks to investors via both dividend payments and also share buybacks. So there are increasing returns to shareholders, which in my view, support the case for stocks. So when you take these elements together, for most areas of the world, X may be very large US stocks, but all other stocks to us still look relatively attractive in this environment. And that's why we remain positive on stocks for the moment. Should we follow the retail crowd and invest today in US mega cap tech? In a word, no, it's too late. They have already gone up over 50% in this year to date, first point. Second point, of course, they've been pushed very much by the excitement over artificial intelligence, which I do believe has huge potential and huge promise. However, remember that great businesses do not necessarily make great investments. And remember also that when valuations have gone up a lot on the back of excitement over a new trend, it's often too late. You do not want to be joining the party late because that often ends in tears for investors. So my advice would be rather to look elsewhere, elsewhere in the world, for instance. We could look at the strong performance of semiconductor stocks in Europe and Japan. They are much cheaper, they have performed well, and they should also benefit from the trend in artificial intelligence. The crucial difference being you're not paying a huge valuation premium to get into the likes of NVIDIA, Microsoft or Google today, which are all relatively expensive. So my advice would be, you can invest in artificial intelligence, but not via these types of names, which have been really driving all of the performance in US stocks this year. Look elsewhere to a linked sector outside of the US that is doing well, but is much more reasonably valued. So to sum everything up, economic growth is clearly going to slow. It hasn't slowed maybe as much as we thought, but it is going to slow because that's what central banks have been trying to engineer by raising interest rates. It will work. But inflation is also coming down and we think will come down faster than most people expect over the next six months, which in turn, I think, reinforces the fact that we have retained a positive view on stocks, particularly on stocks outside of the US, which are not richly valued, but actually quite lowly valued, and which are seeing still pretty strong earnings trends up to now. Finally, think also about commodity exposure, 
because this is an area which has underperformed recently, but we still have strong conviction in, and we think will perform well in the medium term. Thank you very much, Edmund Sheng, and to our audience out there listening to this podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe to our podcast channel on any provider of your choice, such as Apple Podcast, Podcast Addict, and Spotify. See you soon.